Have you been uh, so? Have you been listening or watching uh, Levitard lately? Uh, more recently, yeah. Now it's on YouTube. It's a little more accessible. Yeah. So there's like parts in in their episodes because they like record all the time, and like especially in like the local hour or the Big Suey, which is only or no, the local hour is only on podcasts. It's not on. Um, it's not on uh, their YouTube channel. Like in the middle, <laughs> the middle of their show, it'll just be like, "This meeting is being recorded from from the Zoom," <laughs> and they're just like, "What the fuck?" And they're just like so like blown away, and they just like make jokes about it. So recently, when when we record, it just been it just makes me laugh. Like when I hear that, because I'm just like, it's such a random throw off. It's such a random thing that Zoom added into their platform the like last month. I wonder if there was like legal reasons why they've done it. In the last year, like you wouldn't be shocked if like lawsuits were going down and they were probably getting involved because of it, and like, they were just like covering their ass. Or like people were having like Zoom sex and like they're fucking one. Of, they're one of the the their significant other didn't know it was being zoomed, and then they sue them, and they're just like, "What the fuck? Or, I didn't know it." So now it's like a warning sign for those people. Or they're pulling a Jeffrey Tubin. Who's Jeffrey Tubin? Oh, God. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Long story short, music guy got caught jerking off on Zoom. Oh, the guy from CNN. I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. He, they recently like, bought him, like got him back, and it was a super awkward conversation. Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast. Hey! That's going to be the opening of our show, Julio. Surprise. Hey, uh, welcome back, everybody. Took a week I'm off. I'm Chris Magical. That's Julio Reynoso. What up, folks? Uh, we are a part of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Um. If you're wondering why Julio's audio sounds bad if you're watching us on YouTube, it's because he his whole laptop situation is just a joke at this point. And uh, he's got to do the Zoom feed through his phone. So he's got his phone on one side and he's got his laptop on the other side. It's quite quite the setup. You know, I was just thinking right now. I'm like, yeah, this sucks. But like because I'm on Zoom, I feel like – or using my phone, I feel like it can get the YouTube viewers – uh, some stuff they never seen before. It's a lot more mobile. So I'm going to do that real quick. Uh, yeah, here's do the that. other. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah, do here's that. the other side of the wall. Look at that. I got that from nice. uh, opening day of, of 2018. And this let's is actually see what your. Let's see what your work setup. Oh, hold on. That cat painting's pretty nice. It's pretty fantastic, right? Yeah. Here's my work this setup. Is... Nice little desky here. Uh, but here's one of my is favorite that a... things. Hold on, hold on. Is that a little like a little? Um like platform for your phone to sit on is that what that was right there in the middle you recognize that oh zelda nice. yeah it's for the for switch the you but just then put it it's... up on the video and it's it's a uh it's a little like um it's a switch like stand so yeah. you can put your your monitor there while you're playing video games and uh, yeah. it's for zelda i'm just yeah. I'm narrating play by play yeah and right here is actually uh i think chris i give this one i give you one too right did i what? So the there's a newspaper right here. Yes. For those no. of you on, who are not on YouTube, um, I went to Japan 2019, and I got to, I watched the A's. I think I've brought this up before in the pod. But um, that was also the same series as Ichiro's last game in Japan. That's so right. So I went to, like, every newsstand and bought as many newspapers as I could of it. So I got one framed. That's dope, dude. I one of my dope. favorite players ever. Favorite non-A's nice. ever. So that's his office. And there's more stuff behind me, but I don't want to get away from the mic. I'll, I could show we've off already, the tops. We've already seen a lot of that stuff, though. The tops 90 collection? Well, we don't see it in depth, unfortunately. Yeah. I, will, I will say, yeah. um, 
I feel like I'm hitting a wall with those cards. Because yeah, it's the I st- same. I stopped buying them after I got a. I got this the Randy Johnson one. Oh, that one's badass. Yeah. I, that was the last one I bought. There's been some cool ones since then. Um, this one's from Alex Party. Um, Sha- hey, cool one since then. Enioc native. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he graduated with me. Like he's homies with um, my oldest brother, Leos. You graduated um, high school with them and hung out with them growing up. That's what's up. Hell yeah. Uh, one of the artists is a, a UFC ring girl, which I, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, the the yeah, problem I'm just kind of over them. Well, the problem is like the A's ones, they're picking the same players over and over. And that's my that's my thing. Yeah. I've been sticking to just A's players, and I'll get They've the They've done Alex so Party many ones. Ricky ones, dude. They've done so it's many been like ones. Ricky, Jose, Raleigh Fingers. And Mark um, McGuire. Yeah, there's been a couple of Mark McGuire. There's two Vita Blues. I'm like, I just want a player that's been around during my lifetime. We got the Coco one, which was badass. That's like my favorite card. But like, come on. So Chris took a week off. What's new, man? How's life been? What's what did you do these couple weeks off? Uh, I went to Tampa for work. I went to Houston for work. Oh no, we did a, we did a pod from Houston. So yeah, I two know. places I, mean, I do not want to be during the month of June. <clears throat> no, they were hella humid, which sucked. Um, and then so when I was in Tampa, the it was ninety five during the day, and then towards the evening and started raining and a monsoon came through Tampa and it like grounded all the flights that were flying around like between like three to excuse me uh, six o'clock my boss's flight got delayed luckily I was flying at eight o'clock so the monsoon had moved by so I didn't have to uh I didn't have to uh deal with that I just flew home it was pretty great that's awful Um, it was awful what'd you do did I do these last couple weeks? Um, went to Disneyland. Right. No, went to, actually, I went to Universal Studios. Went to Universal Studios. Yeah. yeah, my brother was in town. Shout out to Mondo, sister-in-law, Steph, and then the two younger boys. So, um, yeah, I haven't seen them in a while, so they wanted to go to Universal. They went to Universal Studios. Like, screw it, I'll take the day off and go. Uh, nice. Went to an LAFC game for the first time, you know, black and gold. That was fucking lit. For the first time ever or for the first time? Oh, oh for the first time post, uh, post-vaccine, crowds back. Like the I'm last LAFC game, games, they're so much fucking. They're fun. awesome. They're like yeah. arguably one of the most like fun sporting events you can go to. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm definitely not an MLS fan, but when I do watch, I mean, obviously I'm a Quakes fan, but like LAFC's kind of taken that spot in my MLS. Like, oh yeah, who I'd root for heart because it's, I went to a game and I just had so much fun. That it was like, damn, I like this team. This team is like dope. Like I kind of want to like somewhat follow a little bit. But the Sacramento Republic. Oh yeah. MLS in two years. I went to many of those games back in the summer of 2014 when my buddy Sean had a uh, had a had a season tickets. And once they're coming to MLS, that's that's gonna be my team for sure. Yeah, I don't blame you. But uh, <laughs> until then, FC. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah let's, let's jump into the news, Julio. Let's jump into the yeah. news. Yeah, so uh, quick, oh, just what, what's going on this episode? Obviously, some stuff of the big three. <sighs> Trevor Bauer got himself in trouble because of Trevor Bauer. Um, got some A's news. Uh, Tyler Soderstrom has been on absolute fire, and he got some huge recognition. And then uh, for the first time, we're doing a mailbag. So for all of you who submitted questions, thank you so much. But uh, let's get stuff started with the big three. 
Trevor Bauer, uh, God, the last this last year, he's been more or less the talk of baseball for good and bad. Um, there's recently uh, there was an article that was came out where Tyler or Tyler Soderstrom, where Trevor Bauer is facing so sexual. You dare assault. associate yeah. him with those allegations, Julio? Is uh, he's facing sexual assault allegations and Soderstrom is what I was talking about by the way. Yes, uh, sexual assault allegations. And I don't let's I don't want to get into details on what exactly happened because it's pretty graphic and pretty rough. Um, but it's just borderline, to kind of I mean it's physical and sexual harassment or assault. Yeah. Um, if you if you subscribe to Athletic, it gives you a breakdown. But just kind of give like a quick summary of what's going on. He uh, was more or less was this woman and him met through a dating app and. She's from. She drove up, and he was like very forceful with her, with sex, to the point that was like, like it was consensual, but like physically abusive with her during sex to the point where Didn't she was not conscious. Did we say we're not going to go into the details? <laughs> no, well, what? No, saying the details of how this happened is a whole different okay. story. Yeah. Um, but he was more or less uh, physically abusing her during. Uh, there it was consensual, but. To the point where, like, she was getting knocked unconscious and wasn't anymore. Um, that those are the details, but yeah. Um, so his lawyer came out the statement saying that Mr. Bauer had a brief and holy conceptual relationship in, in, initiated by the woman. We have messages that show the woman repeatedly asked for rough sexual encounters involving a request to be choked out and slapped in the face. Both encounters, the woman drove from San Diego to, to Mr. Bauer's residence in Pasadena, where she went to on to dictate what she wanted from him sexually and what he did. And he did what was asked. Um, Jesus Christ. I don't know where to start. We, I mean, we really said that we weren't going to go into details and we really went into some deep details. No, if you read the, did you read the article, the athletic? I don't, don't want to, I don't want to, we don't have to argue about yeah, this. No, no, like that's, that I'm just skimming some... on what the ESPN article said. That's fine. That's fine. But that's the, ESPN, what, I actually curse all went the time down on this podcast. It's not necessarily a kid-friendly podcast, but um, no, yeah. It, but it's it, what it, what happened actually is like. Yeah, we're not going to talk about this. Well, um, please do your research into it. But it's like you know, I, I'm just going to say this. Fuck this guy even more. It, <laughs> this, it's, it, look, man. I don't know who's who's. I you know, in today's world, I don't know who's telling the truth. But this is uh, I. It, it, in today's world where where um you're fucking i don't know i mean it's just it i i his lawyer's got some balls let's just let's let me start with that like he's yes, very aggressively absolutely. like not even saying like not even saying necessarily that like these rumors aren't true we're gonna go through the process um we hope you know that uh this will prove his innocency he just went fucking hard like in just details and like kind of like attacked her a little bit where it's just it's just a very aggressive move a lot more aggressive than like for example the whole Deshaun Watson situation like the lawyer suing him in those cases is <clears throat> I don't I don't remember reading anything like that I you know I uh, I think my biggest like issue with this is uh obvious I mean okay my <laughs> That was poorly worded because my biggest issue with this is that it's sexual assault, obviously. But my second biggest issue with this is, like, this is a guy who has been polarizing in the media 
the past year and a half, year, something like that, him and his agent have been very polarizing in the media because of they're very aggressive towards, you know, um, changing certain narratives about, I guess, professional sports in general. I don't want to say specifically baseball to the point where they're, they've kind of bullied people online for it. Um, and they've really pushed for like change and they've really pushed for, you know, a lot of it being, uh, you know, female like equality. So to get this story from this particular person is just kind of like, I'm at literally at a loss for words. I couldn't think of words to start what I wanted to say, you know, Julio? like I just, it's just fucking, I, it's, it, it's, it doesn't surprise me, but it's surprising. It's the that time. the Apple, if this, if this is true, uh, you know, the Apple doesn't fall, fall, fall far from the tree in terms of like his history. He's had history on Twitter where he's like cyber bullied women. He has history on Twitter where he's made made comments that are even when he was already a professional player, he was already verified in Twitter that were super inappropriate. Yeah. And um it just sucks even more because it's like it's, you know, you can say what you want about his agent Ra- Rachel Luba. She's very in the spotlight with who she is and, and deservedly so because somebody that somebody that young who's like in her twenties and is an agent for one of the biggest athletes in baseball. And like this comes out like that's and, and also concerning her other uh, like her other client is Yasiel Puig, yeah, and who doesn't have a great history as well. It's just like you know all this hard work just gone down the drain because you you kind of put your resources to this one guy, and uh, what's even worse or all this is horrible. Like this is all the horrible horrible thing, and I really hope if all this is true, like you know justice is served for him. Um, we talked about this offline, but like Dodger fans don't fuck around with people like this. I've talked to like multiple fans and like fan groups and stuff like that. And everyone's just like, we were all very cautious about bringing him in in the first place because of how extreme of a person he is. The allegations of him cheating with the sticky stuff. Um, and now it's especially when you see where a lot of these other guys on the team are when you see the stuff that, like Kershaw's in the community, that stuff that even Mookie's only been there for a couple of years paying for people's groceries throughout the county. And then you see stuff like this, like that doesn't mesh with it. That doesn't mesh with what that team is. And the fans know that. So I'm super, I'm very, and I, I looked it up. He, they're not going to be back in town until after the all-star break, or at least when he's lined up to pitch again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen the first time he pitches back in Dodger stadium, because it's going to be, extremely polarizing when he's back there. I'll, I'll say to you what I said to you offline. Like that's all fun and dandy, but name me a, a, a sports fan base that, that has turned on one of their play, their best players in history of sports for, for personal stuff. I cannot think of a one. If you're winning games for my franchise nine times out of 10 or yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm going to, I'm going to be a fan of yours regardless of what dirtbag bullshit you pulled. No, but there's a difference though. There, because <clears throat> I no, thought about this. No, there, no, no, hold there on. Give me, so give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. There's a big difference because I thought about this earlier today, and I didn't really want to talk about it. But I thought about you know in the mid 2000s with all the Kobe stuff was going on, and with his allegations were coming out. I think, look, yeah, people 
at that time, one turned a blind, turned a blind eye to it because one, I think times were very different in the last 16 years since that's happened. And two, Kobe already had three titles. Trevor Bauer has been on this team for for three months, three, four months. And a lot of people were already kind of on the fence when this guy got brought in every, in, in the first place. Beat rioters, especially like Molly Knight from The Athletic, who's like been very hard on him since day one because like this guy has treated people poorly online and we're bringing him in here kind of thing. And it, it's like it reminds me a little bit of um, not to bring in the lawyers, but it's like what what uh, like Draymond told KD. He's like, hey, we were a title team before you got here. We're going to be a title team after you leave. And it's the same thing with the Dodgers. It's like, look, dude, we won a title last year. We've been to three in the last four years before you were here. Even if something were to happen where they're going to get rid of him, like we're still going to be fine. We're going to be Gucci. But it's like he hasn't done shit yet to get that like, oh, we're going to brush over because he wins because he hasn't done anything for the Dodgers yet. You stole part of that for me. I said that. I said that to you earlier. But, but, yes, yes, I, 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 I agree. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes down. Maybe I'm not giving Dodger fans enough credit, but I, the history of sports fandom, with all of the num- numerous cases that this has been around, has yet to prove me wrong. So. I would love for the Dodgers to be the first ones, but like, let's be realistic about this. Yeah. And it's extremely unfortunate because all that does is make this behavior acceptable. And it's not acceptable. And I will not put up with it. I'm telling you right now, I will be the, the if this were to happen to one of my, I'm not going to say a name because I don't want any evidence of this being linked to him in the history of, anything in public but if one of a star of my team were to do this i would think that i would be very much you know what we're talking about what we hope the dodger fans would be but yeah that's the problem it's one of the many problems with sports is that we make this acceptable i think the only person who's really suffered from it probably is ray rice maybe greg hardy but he's fucking fighting ufc so he's making some money back and, well, um, and then let's see what happens with Deshaun, <clears throat> with Deshaun Watson and all this. Yeah. I haven't, I mean, training camp's <laughs> a month away, so we'll see. So right, I'm going to throw, Chris, sorry. More. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Um, I'm going to skip this segment, and we're going to do a different segment on the fly. And you're going to be totally okay with it. Let me give you a second. Uh, okay. We originally were going to talk about Hector, Hector Santiago. He was the... He's a Mariners pitcher. He's the first player to get busted for foreign substance. He got a 10-game suspension, yada, yada, yada. But, Chris, I'm going to give you your spotlight. If I had a horn, I'd be blowing it right now. Your Mississippi State Bulldogs just won the College World Series baseball, baby. You called it. I called that on this podcast. Just want everybody to know that. I tweeted about it earlier today. Um, they, yeah, I really like them. They have a lot of talent, they, and they did, did it on both sides of the ball, and I was really, that was fun. It was fun watching that series, too. Um, because Vandy blew him out the first game, and you kind of thought that this was over. And then yesterday they fucking won. That was a, a big win for them yesterday. They won by like eight runs, I want to say. And then today they, it was just an absolute domination. I think Rocker started today, didn't he? Yeah, I was just looking at Kumar Rocker, who is like he's going to be a top. Gonna, he, he's a top. He's a number three top, number three prospect in Keith Law's rankings right now. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 him and him and Jack Leiter have been, like, yeah. lighting it up all season long. 
and he struggled in the biggest moment. And he struggled in the biggest moment. This is Mississippi State, not just their first uh, baseball championship, but their first NCAA championship, period. So that's awesome. For any team sport. not uh, Oh, really? Yeah, any team sport. Because I guess individual sports, you don't have. In any sport. And, um, you know, we just got to give a quick shout out to current Oakland great Mitchie Two Bags. Mitch Moreland went to Mississippi State. Defeating Tony Kemp's TK's Vanderbilt. It's crazy because um, Mississippi State has a history of like really good baseball. Like they've been to the College World Series a shit ton of times, and they've had a lot of good players. Rafael Palmero and Will Clark were there at the same time, and their relationship was kind of a. Uh, 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 polarizing because they didn't like each other, but they were like super successful there. There was like an e, uh, there was like a, a e sixty piece on it earlier this week. That's super. I did not know that. That's super interesting. Do you think they're doing yeah. boys together? Uh, yes. It was the eighties. They're at least doing cocaine allegedly, but like, <laughs> uh, they're throwing that out there. Yeah. All right. Last thing, Kyle. Schwarber, future Oakland A, fingers crossed, went absolutely batshit crazy Super Saiyan in the month of June. And it did so, so much that we have to talk about it. He's hit 16 home runs in his last 18 games, and seven of those were in the leadoff spot. Uh, We have not seen somebody go on that much of a tear. Uh, All right, here we go. 12 home runs over the last 10 games, matching Albert Bell in 1995 for the most home runs during that time span. Um, he hit 16 home runs in 18 games, mentioned that already. The only other players to ever do that were Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. Uh, so the assumption is Kyle Schwarber's on steroids. Chris, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that he was a leadoff hitter. Um, yeah, you, talk, you said that. Dan Patrick, you're listening to, right? I haven't been paying. Yeah, I said, listen to Dan Patrick, and they said that, and that kind of blew my mind. I guess analytics favor him as a leadoff hitter, so that's why. I could not tell you why. I'd have to look up his stats to really probably put the piece together, but I assume that he walks a decent amount, although I thought he was a strikeout guy. But I assume that he gets on base a lot, so that's probably why, because um, he's not fast. Um, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. So what would you think? So I I have seen, obviously you hinted to it. I've seen some trade rumors connected us to, to him. Um, where would he play? Would he, would he replace Mitch at DH or would we put him in the outfield? Um, I'll be honest. It's not going to happen. Um, no, it's not. So the Nash. Okay. So I think he'd, yeah, he'd be, have to be in the outfield. I don't think he's, he's been a national leaguer his whole career. He's lost a lot of weight from when we think of Kyle Schwarber, we think of this kind of like, you know, a chode. Yeah. Uh, yes. A chode. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I got to see how tall he is to get that confirmation of it. <clears throat> of it. He's short uh, and wide. He's six foot, dude. Six foot two, two twenty nine. Oh, he well Then he's just he was just always wide. I don't know. Anyway. Anyways. Um. I, I, you know, I think he would still. He's good enough to still be an outfielder. He can still be out there. Yeah. Um, there was actually. I want to get into it once we get to Ace talk. But realistically, it's not going to happen. The Nationals have actually been turning around. Like somehow they do all the time in the last ten games. They're eight and two. 
I don't know if you saw tonight, Trey Turner hit his third career cycle. Yeah, cycle. That was pretty badass. Um, and it's just like this team is clicking together. They're only two games back from the Mets. And this god-awful National League East where it just seems like nobody wants to win it. The Mets are in first, and they have a, have a negative run differential. The Marlins are in last, and they have the best run differential in, the, in their yeah, division. Yeah, Levitard was talking about that the other day, how the Mets and the, and the Marlins have the best run differential in that division, but the Marlins are in last place. But, yeah, it's pretty wild. Just some it's, yeah, luck, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, he, they were trying to see if he would go – to the all-star game for home run derby and it sounds like he's not going to do it mm-hmm. but um i think Wait. that would be oh hold on try to pull play the video um but i think that would that would have been awesome seeing there but yeah we yeah. just got to shout it out man i think he's if he keeps his ass up someone's gonna super overpay him for sure and he's got 23 22 no 28 home runs i think 28 home runs uh, uh 25 <clears throat> 25 and that's there was some stupid espn stat i saw yesterday on instagram it was like that's the most for any player under this age for a person from this part of the co- i don't know it was really weird and like it was some from middleton ohio <laughs> yeah um, i just gotta say before we move on to just gotta add him to the list to uh the players i wish you didn't drop for fantasy baseball yeah uh well, he'll be joining Cedric Mullins. You're welcome. So you you dropped him? You didn't trade him? No, because this was like the beginning of June. I just needed yeah. somebody to fill the spot. He was kind of just meh at that point. I was like, yeah, whatever. Because it's Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Nobody thought he would go off like this. No, I'm I'm not hating on you. I, I, I think that was a logical thought process. Him, Elodis Garcia, Cedric Mullins. Uh, who else? Those are the big three pretty much where I'm like, great. Good job, Julio. Proud of you. Oh, and Gary right, Sanchez now, on. I guess. A's news. Let's move on to A's news. A's news. Well, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for he, We got some bullpen help finally. JB Wendelkin is back. He pitched yesterday. He pitched really well yesterday. Um, gave up no runs. Um, and it's just nice to see one of our back-end bullpen guys healthy again. Like Especially, like, Petit's been a workhorse. <clears throat> he could use some help back there. Unfortunately, the rest of our bullpen is just kind of a utter fucking mess. Um, that dude, what's his face that I bitched to you about, that I texted bitching to you about <laughs> yesterday, that gave up two runs in the in the top of the ninth um, when we were only down by one run and had and could have won it. Um, I forgot his name. Again, there. Yeah, um, but. He, camp, but in order to make that roster spot, we had to get rid of one guy. So um, Cam Bedrosian has been designated for assignment. We'll probably hear back in a week on what his status will be, if he's coming back to the team to AAA or if he will be playing for someone else. I have not heard anything yet. It sounds um, like that some of the early reports is he is going to be down to AAA, which, like, he looked solid for the first handful of games he had in Oakland. Yeah. Um, but he then, like, I would – ETT for a week. Yeah, but I think over the last week, he kind of, the last couple weeks, he kind of just started falling off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good to have you back, JT, JB. So um, hopefully we can get some more help after that as well. Which brings, maybe uh, AJ Puck would be a nice uh, addition. Which brings us to our next storyline. 
Tyler Soderstrom will be going to the future stars. Future, how do they pronounce that? Future, future stars, stars. Future like stars game. game. Yeah, yeah. Future stars game, uh, which is a fun little um, little uh, game that they have uh, the two days, uh, the day before um, the uh, All Star game. It's kind of mixed in with um, the like um, home run derby and all those festivities. Um, sometimes they play it on ESPN, sometimes they don't, but I've watched it a couple times. It's fun. They get a bunch of, like, fut- again, future stars, guys who've been playing really well this year, and they do an all-star game for them in the minors. And that's all levels of the minors, not just AAA. Um, yeah, Julio? Yeah, honestly, He's been you're going to get in a little bit more into the negatives of, of just I've been following. Draft. If you don't follow Melissa Lockhart, you should on Twitter. She... Writes for sorry to interrupt you. Writes for the Athletic. She covers minor league baseball, and she's an Ace fan. She runs the Seamhead podcast for the Athletic. She's been tweeting about him a lot because he's just been fucking crushing it, and rightfully so. Just going to give a quick rundown of his numbers. Uh, he's had 181 at bats. He's got uh, 31 runs scored, 57 hits, nine home runs, 40 RBIs, 20 or two steals, 315 average. 399 OBP and a 974 OPS. And by the way, he's only 19. He was the first round pick last season for the Athletics. And um, he is absolutely living up to the hype of it. And he looks like probably the most promising prospect that the A's have like kind of taken from the get-go and brought up. And God, I couldn't even tell you, man. <laughs> And there's a reason why, Chris. Uh, I have it listed right here in our rundown. Yeah, let's, let's go to rundown. Uh, so, okay. <coughs> the reason why I want to bring this up. Jessica Kleinschmidt came on this podcast in the, pre- in the offseason and said, because we were talking about potential guys we could trade for, like, a pitcher, a dog pitcher. And she said, "Our farm sy- the farm system is kind of depleted. And I mean, we've known that. Obviously, we've been we've been talking about that all off season. But that when you really look at it on paper, when it, you pull it up and you see it, like it's even worse in terms of like in terms of judging our scouting department. It's like almost pathetically worse than it than we've even given it credit to. So I want to take this time to just shit on our scouting department. I don't know what Eric Kubota is doing over there, but he's not doing the right thing, Julio. Julio knows. Listeners, let me tell you who the last six draft picks, first round draft picks that the A's have picked. The seven's a good one, so that's why I didn't add the seventh on there. But six is too long anyway. So last year was Tyler Soderstrom. Great pick so far. Fresh out of high school, doing his thing. 2019, Logan Davidson, shortstop prospect out of college. Year before that, 2018. We all know who that is. Kyler Murray decided to play baseball. He's pretty good. <clears throat> so I put, football. To play football instead of baseball. Um, I don't know what Logan Davidson's like prospect ranking was or what his draft ranking was, um, but because uh, I forgot to say that, Kyler Murray, from all the experts, was picked about twenty picks higher than he should have been. A lot of people predicted him to be a late first round pick, and he was picked tenth overall. So. I think that's one issue right there on top of him going to play baseball. 2017, Austin Beck, outfielder, still kicking it in our minor league system. 
Haven't really seen him. 2016, AJ Puck. Great pick, right? Well, nothing but injury prone. It's been five years. Yeah. 2015, Richie Martin. And you know what? AJ Puck was out of college, too. So he should have been like a one year in the minors and bring up. Richie Martin. We traded him. Second baseman, we traded him. Um, 2014's not on here, but that was Matt Chapman. So obviously that's a good pick. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't know I like I just I don't know what the I don't know what the scouting department's doing, but they they've missed six. Uh, I I mean five of the last six picks, and we don't even know about Soderstrom yet, and we don't know about AJ Puck, so maybe that could work out. But it's just frustrating, man, because like this is why our our farm system's depleted. It's not because we've been going for it for the past. Uh, for the past three years and we're trading away assets to get you know proven assets like that's not what it is like because we i mean you think about it we really have only made been a part of like a few decent trades but we didn't really give up any major prospects in those trades i'm thinking like maybe like um tanner roark and like i don't know uh, did we get did we get something did we get a reliever last year or something honestly i think well we they're tommy la stella but then we gave it flank from beretta um, our Franklin best Bretto prospects are another one too. Franklin Bretto was yeah, but we didn't yeah, but we didn't draft him. But still, I was going to say oh, all right, of our best right, pro- right. all of our best prospects are guys we're getting from other teams that they are able to groom and hire. It seems like they have a problem developing guys in the lower levels. Yeah, and that in yeah. the higher levels they can kind of work things out a little bit exactly. more. Exactly. Um, but also drafting's fucking hard. So but I it, just it I, is I wanna, it is. Yeah. But but this is but I mean like this is this is uh, this is why our farm system isn't is depleted. Like you look over, I know it's like a bad example. You look over at Tampa Bay, and they like they they're good for the next five years because they draft well. Like we would be in an okay spot if we if we drafted just somewhat decently. Um, let let me just ask you ask you this, uh, Julio. Do you think that there is a tide turning because of Bobby Crosby in those lower? Um, sections of, of the minor leagues because Ooh, I like that he took over this year and look at what Tyler Soderstrom's doing like he's really developing him so there was actually a pretty interesting piece I think it was I think it was Melissa Lockhart wrote it and it was talking about um just like how big of an impact Bobby Crosby's actually had with um the infielders that like he like with Logan Davidson and I forgot who the other guys that were talking about, but like McGowan, you can maybe. tell like it's yeah. And it's, it's kind of making a difference. So shit, maybe having somebody like him, it's, this is his first year as their manager. We're obviously, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but like maybe having him as that guy on that low of a level is kind of the way to go. And like the Bobby Crosby, like those few years that he was really shining was like a really awesome, like, it was hard. Like nobody was able, ever able, gonna like to fill Miguel Tejada's shoes when he left to Baltimore. But and they hell, legitimately Bobby thought Crosby that was he, awesome. That, they legitimately thought years. that he was gonna be a Miguel Tejada level guy, though. They thought he was gonna be that good in the first two seasons. It really looked like he was, and then he had his injury issues. That's kind of what kept him back. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's something to do with like. He and he was a highly touted prospect. Maybe there's something to do with he knows what it's like to be at those lower levels and develop and have successful developing. So maybe he's he's using that experience on these younger so, guys to help him out. So you're you're developing the plot of Moneyball, <clears throat> the movie. Am I? Okay. You think you know what it's like in those rooms? But you know what? 
You don't. You don't. <laughs> so he's hey, I also, Yeah, I just want to throw this out there too. Uh, here's some of the players that the A's passed on in 2018 oh when they drafted Kyler Murray. Logan Davidson. He's already up in the is already up in the majors with Seattle. Uh, Matthew Liebertor. Logan Davidson is on our team. Logan. Oh, I'm sorry. Logan Gilbert. Logan sorry, Gilbert. too many guys named Logan. Logan Gilbert. Uh, he's already in the majors with the, with Seattle. He looks pretty solid so far. Matthew Liebertor. He's in the card system. Um, he's pretty much gonna be like the next guy, barring injuries. Brady Singer. He's already in the Royals rotation. Nolan Gorman just got called up by the Cardinals. Um, uh, Nico Horner. Uh, he's been pretty good this season as a rookie. And you know what? He would have been really good if they had him. Uh, and then last but not least, Shane McClanahan, who has been uh, pretty impressive so far as like he's pretty much the Rays ace right now. Now that Tyler Glass now is out. Yep. Should have, could have, would have, right, Chris? Uh, those are some interesting names on that list. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, for Yeah, and they think about it, That's three years ago. And those guys are already up. For people who aren't as informed in the minor league system, um, there's actually a lot, lot more than that, to be completely honest with you. Brady Singer it, is the one that really, that really hits me right there because he's fucking good right now. Yeah, he's he's it's his rookie year and you can tell that he's pretty raw still, but from what we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You well, ready to I'm move looking, on? I'm looking at oh, the, did oh. you look at just, was that just the first round? Or are you looking at the later rounds? Oh, so I just looked at the first look round. Yeah. I don't recognize anybody at later rounds still. All right. Anyway, I feel like I play enough of the show where I've recognized names, but I don't really want to go at that. Um, last but not least, I don't think we really need to get too into it, deep into it. Coliseum back at full capacity. Only had 4,700 people there on Tuesday night. You know what? It's a Tuesday night. It's before a holiday. We know how dead the Coliseum is. But if we don't see that thing full for this weekend against Boston, uh, we're going to be into big trouble. Can I make – so I saw Simone was very critical. Simone McCarthy was very critical about this on uh, on Twitter. I think it goes beyond this. I think that the fan base is just – is uh, offended and frustrated with the team with all this stadium situation and the rumors going to Las Vegas. So I legitimately think that this is like a sign that it's like, we're not going to take your bullshit. So I, I, I think that it's just like, yeah, I think that they're just offended and they don't want to come to games because they don't want to spend the money. It could be a part of that. Um, I would also think that like the barrier, you know, I think as a whole is still pretty um, cautious about doing stuff in big audiences. Even Maybe. like the call, I mean, you know, San but Francisco even at the has, San Francisco has herd immunity, dude. I know. But like, even if like watching that, the giant series, it wasn't that packed out. Like it was at full capacity and it, it wasn't sold out. Whereas like Dodger games were like, like, yep, that's sold out. But like in giant, I think people are still just a little more cautious about things up there, which is like that's totally cool. Like you live your life, but yeah, that's I, that's just my two cents on it. Know. I don't know, man. I don't. Know. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll come back, answer your questions. 
Um, some of you can fuck off. Some of your questions are rude, including mine was one of them. <laughs> so I'm really talking shit to myself. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. you fancy lad drinking mezcal look at you so um well one this is it's pretty good stuff uh mezcal verde momento but do you want me to show you the real reason why i bought this bottle (laughs) it's funny because you try to go even more fancy man and like do like the accents and then it was kind of like you know when i studied in españa it was underwhelming it was underwhelming but this look chris this this it almost felt like it was like portuguese this is why I bought the bottle. Oh, you're saying, oh, there's a cat. There's yeah, a cat. That's why I bought it. It almost felt like it's almost felt like you had a Portuguese accent. No, I was doing the. Um, like, you know, how por- you know, how Portuguese accents kind of sound like, like it's just like it's almost like like murdered or not murdered. It's a terrible word. Mummered word. Mummered. Mummered Spanish. I don't know. That's a. Uh, Russell Peters is a great joke on it. Um, I was trying to do. Uh, I'm totally butchering. I was it. trying to do a book smart thing, when uh when he's like, oh, when I was studying in España. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I love that movie. Really watch it. It's so, it's so fucking good, dude. I love that movie so much. Film down the you street. You know what else is a really good high school movie? That's like a different version of it. Dope. Mm. Movie. I love Dope. It's like a, it was like a yeah. modern Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but like a hood version of it, which was like yeah, it was really sick as shit. Cool. I love that movie. I have it. I have it on Blu-ray. I love that movie so much. Um. All right, uh, you guys sent them in, and we're gonna answer them. Mailbag, baby, our first ever mailbag, Julio. This is Beep. cool. I think we attempted to do a mailbag before, but no one submitted a question. Big that sad. Was when we had like fifty followers, though. Now we have like four hundred and fifty. Yeah. Right now. Real time follower update: four hundred and thirty-six. Not bad. I mean, for doing this for, like, fun and not going, like, too hard, I, I think it's pretty good. I think it's good. I'm proud of myself. I agree. Anyways, we had a... You think you think me taking a ball off the chest is what got us those followers? This, these uh, followers? I want to say yes. Yes. I, yeah, absolutely. You don't actually, don't actually, hey, you know don't actually hey, answer that. You're, you're like... Wait, have you, have you watched Dave? Please. I know. Well, I know. I've just been... Re- I've just been finishing it now. But I just thought of... Yeah. Um, when he was doing the whole like mask meme thing, what was the thing when he was mask like jumping meme? out? He was yell- He was dressed up as the mask, and he was like yelling. Oh yeah, that's like you with the baseball. Like you got to show us the baseball if you're gonna bring it up. It's right there. Hey, anyway, I can see it. Anyways, it's right next to uh, my last dive bar sticker. Shout out to the kingpin. Hey, shit. All right. Um. Uh. All right, Julio. Question number one. This is from Xavier. It didn't say where. This is our friend Xavier. Xavier. Uh, oh, hold on, hold uh, on, wrong Xavier. We got a numerical order going on in the sheet here. So you're right, it is Xavier, but it's Xavier, aka Joe Mama. Xavier from San Francisco asks, "Why is Chris such a bitch?" You said you wanted me to start from numerical the top. order. Oh, whoops. Yeah. This is Joe Mama saying why. You know what? I'll answer this, Tyler. Or <laughs> I don't know why I said Tyler because I'm thinking of Soderstrom. I'll answer this Me one, too. Julio. You know why I'm such a bitch? Because I'm busy 
banging Joe Mama all the time, Xavier. Oh! I like to, because I've known you and your family pretty much my whole life, um, I like to blame Larry for a good portion of your assholery because of just the scrutiny you've probably faced your whole life from him growing up. It's probably between that and watching so many Seth Rogen movies. <laughs> oh, I don't know if all you right. watched Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen on Conan's last week was excellent. But um, all right, next question. We got Lay TV from Long Island asked, what would be a possible trade package look like to get story? I think they'll want at least Davidson, but they'll want a couple of pitchers as well. I think it's unlikely to happen, though. Great question. An actual question. Not like you, Xavier Gomez, if that's even your real name. <laughs> um, well, one, I think we're in the same boat. I mean, you know, disagree with me if you want, but like, I don't see this trade happening because I don't think he really fits with the team right now. I think there's other spots where someone with that talent could be used. No, and, NBC, and I think it was Jess from NBC, but NBC Sports... Um, um, tweeted about it that one of their sources said that they've kind of uh, backed off on the story, check, checking in on Trevor's story, because they feel that the outfield is more of a need. You called it, Julio. Props to you. Um, but it sounds like it's that that that's the what the legit sources um, situation is. Just the A's have real realized that Andrews is playing a lot better. Um, Tony Kemp is playing a lot better at second. Um, Chad Pinder's back. Looks like they don't need it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a cough this weekend. It still hasn't quite completely gone away. Um, it looks like they um, aren't necessarily looking at as a major need, whereas a big outfielder, a big-time outfielder, is something that they are prioritizing right now. So, I don't know. I mean, we have a month month left yeah. starting tomorrow. Um, but it was actually so, so Je- we'll see what happens. Uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN actually had an article came out saying the A's are unlikely to be in that market, and that yeah. So he was when he originally story- said it, and then NBC <clears throat> Sports Bay kind of follow up question. But oh, okay. um, to answer the question, if we had to be like realistic with it, uh, yeah, probably like Logan Davidson, um, maybe one of the guys, and in- they're gonna need it. They're gonna need a shortstop in that deal. Yeah. So Logan Davidson or Nick Allen, they're definitely gonna be in that deal. And then probably I would make, say like Grant Holmes, or uh, I would think more than that, man. Maybe I AJ would Puck. AJ Puck's got to go too. One of those yeah. guys would, I think, would be in there. And then if you want somebody who would probably be competitive right now, help you a little bit, I hate to say it, but maybe like throw in Mitch Moreland and then see if you can kind of find somebody else to trade another like, – trade and find another trade from another team where you can have somebody plug in to be that full-time DH position. Um, I mean, or it's just like it's it, – I mean, I don't – I feel like we have the uh, – I don't know. Maybe not now I really think about it. Yeah. Because Tony Kemp's been hitting so well, like you don't necessarily. I know DH, like you think of power, but you don't necessarily have to have power. You just have to utilize that that position in the batting order. So you give got one of those guys, Tony Kemp or 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 um, or Jed, um, or Jed, like an everyday at bat. And the thing is, it's just like Tony Kemp's been awesome this season. He's really come around this last month and a half. Jed is still pretty streaky. Same thing with Pinder. So it's like I think you could argue with Jed too. It's his age; like he just can't handle being on the field that often. 
So maybe the maybe the DH spot gives him a little bit of a break. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. But um, solid question. Thanks for that one. Uh, next question. Hey, super. But I, well, I nope. just want okay, to okay. say one thing. Yes. I, I I do think that we it would we wouldn't it, the package wouldn't be as big as what we originally kind of like suspected a couple weeks ago when we touched on it when the first news came out. I really don't think so. I really it, it really sounds like. The Rockies are just trying to find a trade partner. Uh, next question. I think we're going to answer this pretty easily from the Super Halo Bros. What's up, guys? Thanks. They got a few questions in here. But the first one, I think it's going to be pretty easy to answer. Who is the A's MVP? The count of three. One, two, three. Matt Olson. Matty O! Cool. Whoa. Oh. I you just kept going O when I just said Matt Olson. Yeah, yeah, no, but in my mind, I heard Brett Anderson, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah, sure, I why don't not? Know why? MVP of Twitter. Let's move on. Yeah, then. next question. But, you know, sometimes I have brain farts, Julio. Don't you don't don't just you know? Okay. All right, next question. Our boy Eric Taylor. Shout out to Eric, one of our big listeners. Come sending in a question from NorCal. As a fan living outside of the Very, East Bay, way to go, Eric. Very broad. Yeah. As a fan living outside of the East Bay, what's the best way to ensure the A's stay in Oakland? That's a really well, tough question. Well, he put a capital A in there. A. Nice. Stay. Stay. Fantastic question. Um, to, so for me personally, what I've been doing is, one, we have a, a social media presence, kind of. So anytime we can kind of help spread of the word, even if it's, you know, even if we don't have like thousands of followers, even just putting a word out there and kind of sending a message with other A's like Twitter affiliates or A's Twitter fans, I think is a big time help. But then also, um, I still have family in Oakland. So like kind of finding ways of getting in touch with them, like Facebook, whatever, and kind of spreading whatever the news is out there. So maybe that'll keep them a little bit involved. Um, and honestly, just Finding ways to get your word out as much as possible with every way you can. I don't know what else you can really add to that. Um, telling And also encouraging people to go to the games when they can, if they're comfortable with it, obviously. But it's like telling people, like, go to the Coliseum, go show your support, get loud. That's the best thing you can do. I, I don't think I can add any more to that. I mean, it's kind of if you don't live in Oakland, it's kind of out of your hands in terms of like contact your local like city council member. Like it's just kind of like show your support, retweet all those like things and spread the word about, um, you know, all the the, um, the stuff on social media about like how to get in touch with with certain people about like showing your support, like signing any any petitions or stuff like that. You just got to keep spreading the word and being and, like letting the city of Oakland and and, and the and the East Bay know like we don't want this team to go. So like fucking figure it out apply pressure yeah. non-stop yeah. uh thank you awesome question loved it next up chris martinez from chris martinez state farm insurance hey if you uh if you need insurance go to chris <laughs> big chris paul fan as well you know going to the nba finals <laughs> big state farm guy did i tell you so just side, a little side convo. All right, all right. So I saw Chris at I saw Chris at Jose and Sierra's wedding. Shout out Jose and Sierra. Congrats to the Big two of them. East fans, they uh, season ticket holders. Um, I saw Jose. I saw Chris at Jose and Sierra's wedding, and he like asked about like 
the the joke that we have like because i text him oh he knows okay yeah so he's like yeah so so what is it like you said that like that i owe you money for advertising what is it and i was like basically we have uh for like uh, the past like a month like randomly we'll throw in like well, one of our segments will end it and be like, this segment was brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm agent of Wanna Creek. If you need insurance, go ask Chris. <laughs> and it's just as a joke. And he thought it was like the funniest thing ever. He's like, yeah, keep doing it. And I was like, yeah, well, then send us a check. Uh, but the, the guy, the dude, the guy is as shameless as it comes when it comes to advertising. He's going to take this free advertising as long as he wants. When he, when he gave his best man speech, he said that. He said, like, yeah, I work for State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let me know if you have one insurance. Like, dude, Chris, really? The shameless plug in the best man speech? You are ridiculous. You know, I, I now that I, he's, like, on board with it, we should have him at least send us some shit that we can be like, hey, look at that. Anyways, his question was, why do we keep losing the Rangers? What's your thoughts, man? Just, because we keep getting major fucking injuries every time we play them. That's why we keep losing the Rangers. It, because the first time we played him, he's, or, uh, Ramon Laureano's gone. Well, Ramon comes back, and then as soon as we play him again, Marcana's out. So two of our three best players this season aren't fucking playing when, when we play them. That's why we're losing. And there's no run support. If you go back and you look at the scores of those games, pretty good outings from at least our starting pitchers. I don't know about our bullpen. But we just can't put, fucking put runs on the board. James Caprillion pitched a three to one game the other day. Yeah, it, that's not enough runs. Uh, well, one, I think it goes back to the old mantra of just like it's a rivalry game. Even if it's like it's the Rangers, you know, I don't think there's we haven't had any actual rivalry with them for nine years. But like you know, 2013 maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's um, you know, there's obviously going to be a little bit of that in there. But then two, I think offensively they're still a pretty solid team. They're yeah. Rotation outside of Kyle Gibson and I guess Mike Fonkenevitz for some reason against the A's. That's a fun name. Yeah, it's, yeah, it sucks. But um, um, I, they're still a pretty good offensive team. And when you have that going up against a team that, frankly, right now has a pretty bad bullpen, shit like this happens. And that's why the series, the season series, excuse me, is now tied 3 3 going in tomorrow. But. These are the, but again, the great teams beat these bad teams, and there's still no yeah. excuse. They if they can go out and win tomorrow's game, we'll find out because it's a day game. The pod will be out by that point. Then water under the bridge, hopefully. But like these are the games you need to be winning, especially after the Astros got swept by Baltimore. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We should have taken advantage of that, and we didn't. Uh, next question. Niles Butts, which I'll ah, we'll see if that's your real name from Alabama and let's see if that's where you're actually from. What are the odds the Mats get traded in the next few seasons? Oh, I hate this question. Matt Ch- I'll say this straight up. Matt Chapman, hi. I have a I it's uh, I, I disagree. I think it's low because his trade value is as the lowest it's ever been right now. And if you're gonna trade him, let's say he finishes off the season like two forty twenty four home runs, 60 RBIs. Like, it's a bad season. Like, what the fuck are you going to get for him? Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Especially when he's he's in arbitration. So going into that hearing, that offseason, you're just going to be like, well, he sucked. And then they're, they're going to be like, you're right. So I don't have to pay him that much. I think the one thing that's kept me, kept me wants to be optimistic about it 
is Belmel coming back for next year, which we talked about in this last pod. And it gives me a little yeah. more faith. But um, I, I feel like if there's anyone's going to get locked down and there's somebody who asks this question later, um, it's going to be Ollie. And I think I would hope they would move mountains to try to keep that guy because it's like, you look at what he's done so far. Look what he's done his career, even when he hasn't been offensive productive. His offense hasn't been there. But Matt but Chapman, say, within the next couple of years, I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Chapman's gone. Let's say this is one of those the season that you keep saying is that they're going all in this season, and then this off season they're no they're, well they're pulling they're pulling in 2014. What's the guy you're going to get the most value from? It's going to be Matt Olson. And what's the guy you're not going to get much value from? Well, maybe let's hold on to Matt Chapman and see if his value goes back up this season, and then we can trade him that the next off season. But also, you have to say like. Yeah, he was horrible to start the season, but the guy, you know, he went he went over tonight, but he was on a 16-game hit streak. Um, his power is looking like it's starting to come back, and you know what he's going to do defensively every time he's out there. So I think at the end of the day, like, I don't see him finishing as bad as, like, I don't, I don't think you believed it either, but, like, I don't think see him finishing as bad as, like, a 240-24 home run. 24 home runs, maybe, but, like, I don't see him hitting 240 because I think right now he's like I, in the thirties, and I, I can see him like still yeah, keeping that pace rest of the season. I definitely don't. I don't. I don't see it happening. But there's definitely a possibility where it does. Because he is. That's fine. He's been playing better lately. But there, it's it 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 doesn't feel like. I don't know. I mean, this does have to be part of it too. Like your reputation when you when you don't come come up big in the in like certain moments, like it it just feels like he still doesn't. He hits home runs. I don't know. I mean, maybe he he actually put some runs on the board at the beginning of the game yesterday, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's highly likely, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's highly likely. If this team does is, in fact, going to hit the reset button like 2014, it's highly likely. Most likely, everybody on this roster will be gone except for Sean Murphy, probably, and the rest of the young guys that are that are locked up till like 2026, 2027. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm feeling I'm a little more optimistic, though. After the Bowmile extension, I'll just say that. Um, we got we now the question from the Super Halo Bros. Very Angel centric question. Speaking as an Angels fan, who from the Angels other than Trout and Otani do you feel would be nice to have on your team? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and take this a little bit more. I feel like do I, I feel like I watch more Angels baseball than you do? Maybe because like one thousand. I have Bally Sports, so like I can watch that. Um, I think Justin Upton's been great um he's really turned it around he's on the aisle right now but i think he would be a really solid fit for the outfield um where like he would actually he would fit in perfectly because he's one of those guys where like give him the day off cool dh go playing right um or you can go i think actually you can probably he's an everyday left fielder you can have him play up there and then put cannon right and that just kind of shows kind of flexibility um I want to be opposed to Kurt Suzuki coming back as a backup catcher, kind of mentoring Murph for a little bit longer, especially on this one-year deal. And then um, last guy I would kind of say I've been a fan of his over this last few performances is uh, Patrick Sandoval. I think in the rotation, he's actually been one of the better. He's probably been the best pitcher. I know Otani got lit up tonight. Um, but he's arguably like been one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher for that rotation so far into the season. Um, Chris? You got anybody in mind? Uh, Anthony Rendon, because he's Anthony Rendon. Hey. Plug him in at second for us. Make him play second. Yeah. He would just be a fucking, he would be a stud there. Look, Anthony Rendon's having a bad season. I know I gave him a lot of shit when, when, uh, when, uh, when John came on, but that was more just, I was just 
just trying to poke the bear, just fucking with him. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a good player. So yeah, obviously Anthony Rendon. I don't know why he didn't put him in this category. <laughs> it shows you how he feels about him right now, I guess. Yeah, that's actually wow. Touche, Julio. Yeah. Yeah. Next question, Julio from Glendale. Hey, there's another Julio in Glendale. Would you look at that? Uh, first question: <laughs> What's your favorite Billy Joel song? Second oh question. God. On what's your one to ten scale that Houston will make a trade that'll put them over the top, a la Justin Verlander in seventeen? Uh, favorite Billy Joel song? I don't know why it came in my head earlier today. A uh, couple nominations: uh, The Stranger, fantastic song, fantastic album, no skips there. Two for the longest time, Billy Joel went and did his little doo wop thing, and I loved him for it. It's a great time. Oh, me, my, yeah. Favorite Billy Joel song. For the longest time was mine. I'm a little. Oh, shit. No way. Whoa. For the longest, longest time. time. So, me, so that's actually one of my go to karaoke songs. And well, we'll be hearing it out. on June 10th. But yeah. I oh, love it. I'll be there. Um, I'll be there. I'll do that. June 10th already passed. July 10th is what you meant to say. There we go. Um, Again, Mescal. Um, oh, wait. It's on July 10th. Oh shit! That's Brad and Kristen's wedding. All right, we'll talk about this after right. after air. <clears throat> um. Uh. So uh, I went to Campbell one time with because uh, Edwin used to live in Campbell, California, which is in um, Silicon Valley. Um, and me and Adris went, and we went to a karaoke bar, and I sang that song, <laughs> and Adris was like my backup singer, and he would be like, "For the longest," like, and he would do all those like, <laughs> and, and like, just be like the the bass. And it was so good and so funny that we got a standing ovation afterward. Wow! And every like there was like a there was like a couple in the front that like every time Adrice would do that for the longest time, like like they would just start busting up laughing. It was so it was so great. I'll be real honest with you. <laughs> I love Billy Joel. I actually saw him in concert. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. The only reason I brought it up is uh, I've been on a Olivia Rodrigo high lately. And she has a song where she talks about, like, uh, you showed her Billy Joel, but actually I showed you him first. That was, like, I don't know the exact hmm. lyric, but it was, like, that was great. I don't listen to Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, dude, She's I don't know what, too, look. Too young for me. Look, I don't know what this guy did to this poor 18-year-old, 17-year-old girl, but fuck that guy. What a dick. Just re- made this really sad album. Well, do you know the whole like? Do you know the whole like the like, thing around it? Like, apparently that guy is her is her co-star on High School Musical. Off the rails. I know. God, yeah, that's yeah. And, and she's dating Sabrina Carpenter now, or he's dating Sabrina Carpenter now, like the girl from uh, Girl Meets World. Yeah. So, fuck that guy. I don't. I don't want to know this information, but for some reason Just I do. Duke, have you call you mine? All right. Okay. Anyways, Dude, um, what would put Houston over the scale? I think if. They went all in and they got Justin Verlander. Or not Justin Verlander. Max Scherzer. I think if they yeah, give us... Yeah. I don't know what they have farm-wise. Um, but because of right now... I don't think they have much anymore, right? Maybe not. Well, it's like after that 13-game win streak, they've kind of fallen off. They've, I'm going to say it again because it's so sweet coming off my lips. They got swept by Baltimore. And their rotation's kind of showing what you and I were kind of on board of which is like yeah you get past Granky 
And then Framber Valdez has been pretty good, which has come back from the IL this season. But once you get past those two guys, I think they're a pretty beatable team pitching wise. Um, yeah. But if they can, and but at, then again, this was them in 2017. They had Dallas Keuchel. They had uh, Lance McCullers. Colin McHugh, I think, was in that rotation. And then they got Verlander, and that put him over the top. If they can replicate that again this year, I that's what get me nervous. If they can go and get Max Scherzer, I don't think he's going to get traded anymore. Or if they were to go and make a move on, like, um, God, I can't remember. Like, Jose Barrios has been, like, a topic of trade conversation. I think that would be, like, a really solid pickup for them. Or if they brought back Charlie Morton. That would be some ones I'd be a little nervous about. But, like, if they just kind of stand pat, I'm not nervous about that rotation rest of season. So they have one prospect in the in MLB's top 100 prospect watch, Forrest Whitley. He's a right-handed pitcher. He pitches in AAA. He's projected to – he's 23 years old. He's projected to come up in two seasons. Um. I don't think that's enough to. And don't forget. I think you. I think you would have to put Jordan Alvarez in that deal. And to don't make it really enticing. And let's not forget that they lost their picks this year. That too. Yep. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't. I don't think they got it. I don't think they have the assets. You would have to. So. You you if you're if you're a team like. If you're in the Nationals, you're in win-now mode, but you want some youth to go with the youth that you already have so you can build a championship team for another five more years. So getting this dude, Forrest Whitley, doesn't do it for you. Um, that's He's two years away. Jordan Alvarez does. He gives you a little bit more offense. I just, yeah... I, I mean, and I'm trying to think of other like they're not gonna want like a Jose Altuve because they're out this season, you know. So like, what does that do for you then? I think I think Altuve is a free. No, maybe he's not. Correa's a free um, agent, but it's like he's been pretty I solid this year. I just yeah, I don't I don't think they have enough. But the only thing is like they're not afraid to spend and they're not afraid to take on some contracts is one thing we've kind of seen from Houston this past year. And the one the other thing we've kind of learned over these last few years is like with some teams, like, look, we could give two shits less about what the offer is going to be. If you're willing to take on contracts, we'll make it work. Look at like Francisco Lindor trade, mm-hmm. look at the Mookie trade, even though Alex Verdugo's, you know, Alex Verdugo's pretty badass, but he's not Mookie. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I think you're right though. I don't think they have enough to really make something at that level work. They could probably get some vet in like the back of the pen, like the back of the rotation kind of move. But like realistically, yeah, I, I don't see them making that move. Yeah. All right. Next All right, up. On. All right. What's your second favorite Billy Joel? No. Um, Eric Taylor's back again. What's up, Eric? <laughs> Uh, is Matt Olson realistically our face of the franchise? Surely he'll be cheaper than Chapman to retain. Um, yes. Yes, but I don't think he's going to be cheaper anymore. I don't know because – so the, here's the difference between Ole and Chapman is Chapman has been pretty open about how he wants to test free agency. So he's – and 
His agent is Scott Boris. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So they, he seems like someone who is, would be willing to to uh, pin GMs against one another and be like, what you got, what you got, what you got? Like, find the best offer. Matt Olson has actually made it pretty open, especially this season, that he has every he wants to spend the rest of his career here in Oakland. So I think that it might be a little bit easier to negotiate. Now, when their contracts are up, which is, I think, not for three more. I mean, we got some – I have to look at it. Um, but they got some time. His, you know, his attitude could definitely change in a matter of years. But I, based on their, based on just their personality differences, so Chapman's twenty twenty four. Based on their personality differences, I yeah, I I would say no. I I honestly, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, and I know it's been one bad season twenty twenty four from Madison as well. Uh, yeah, I would say no. What say you, Julio? Um, I think Olson's going to be more expensive in the long run. If you can pay him now and kind of get him on a little bit of a cheaper deal before he gets too high, before he finishes like a top, like an MVP finalist. Great. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen though. Um, the big reason though, is like Matt Olson more or less got, you know, obviously Marcus was, he worked his ass off to become a better defender at short, but Matt Olson more or less got Marcus a gold glove nomination because of him being as elite of a first baseman defensively as you can. And it's hard to find those guys, man. It's hard to find somebody yeah. who like you can throw the ball anywhere and they're going to find their way to get there. And it shows like the A's have still been a consistent like defensive team for the last three, four years, as long as he's been there. And same thing with, with Chapman. Um, I do agree, though. I think he is the face of franchise. Um, I really hope he's going to be the home run derby, even though he's been on a slump lately. Um, yeah, fingers crossed, man. Next quest, Next question. You brought up Marcus Simeon. I just decided to look up his Don't do it. Chris, Chris don't do it. Don't. I know. Don't, he's probably going to start the all-star I know. game. And it don't sucks. do that to yourself. Next up, Robbie Schlatz from the Four Train Savages calling in from Connecticut. How does it feel to not be as bad as the Yankees? Fantastic. Feels great. Feels pretty good, Rob. Holy crap. Pretty good. Wow. Um, This happened right before we recorded, but the Yankees were playing the Angels tonight. Uh, They went into a rain delay. It was 7-4 Yankees. Things were looking pretty Gucci. Came back from rain delay, and Araldis Chapman gave up a grand slam for the Angels to take the lead, and the Angels won the game 11-8. Uh, if you're not aware of just the absolute shitstorm that is the New York Yankees right now, um, they're currently fourth in a very stacked AL East. Um, mm-hmm. They have four and six in the last 10 games, only two games over 500. Um, they just look. Uh, they, uh, they actually, uh, whoever runs, I think it's usually Rob's the one that tweets from the Ford Trains account. But I saw a tweet that made perfect sense. They look like a softball team right now. They just look like they hit the shit out of the ball. They're not athletic at all. They just don't have somebody who, like, you know, they could use, like, a Ramon Laureano type player who's, like, yeah, who's balls to the wall all the time. They don't have that guy right now. And then the rotation yeah. past Garrett Cole is very cookie cutter. 
you don't fear. And I think and I think they want Clint Fraser to be that guy, and they think that Clint Fraser is going to be that, that guy because that is kind of his style of playing. I'm talking about your Ramon um, reference, but he's just not. He's not that guy. Evie, you got anything to say about the Yankees? Great insight. Thanks, Evie. <laughs> yeah, Yankees suck. You love to see it. All right, next question. We've got... I forgot how to add numbers. Oh, for the podcast listeners, Evie came in and Julio put her right up to the mic and she just sniffed it. Good for her. Uh, Super Halo Bros back for the next question. Asking as an outsider for the two huge A's fans. Thank you, John. What's the best case scenario in your opinion for the A's staying in Oakland? Um, I think we kind of, oh. yeah, I think we kind of already went over this. Um, it was just, yeah, I, I don't really want to get into a depth with it because I feel like we covered it in the last time question. What's the best scenario? They stay in Oakland and they do the Howard Terminal um, Stadium. Yeah. All right, next question. Yeah, just pressure, 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 pressure. Keep going into it. Uh, Xavier Bejarano, what's up, my guy from Antioch, Brentwood? Do you see Tyler Soderstrom being shipped at the deadline? One, spicy question. Two, a good question. Yeah, very good, good question. question because it's like, um, yeah, if you can get kind of a front end rotation guy, or if you can get a like complete star outfielder, maybe. But I don't, I don't see it happening right now. If any, I think we, no. we were talking about this when I was texting him about it. Was like, I wouldn't be shocked if in the next couple of years, Soderstrom is still at this pace and Murph still hasn't started clicking it that Murph is the guy to go. Um, but also I wouldn't be shocked if they move Soderstrom to a new position. Yeah, it, it, no, I don't see him going. I think that he's going to be the next star of the next regime of, of this team. It's going to be him and it's going to be him at first or, or at, at third, whichever Matt goes, <laughs> which let's be realistic. Probably one of them, at least he can also play outfield. Um, and Murph, those those are gonna be the faces of the of the next re- regime. So, um, no, I don't see it. But um, if they did, his hype has never been higher. I think Melissa Lockhart's a big reason for that. She's really hyped him up because um, he's that good. But like you know, the press is out there on him, and I think that MLB teams are definitely taking close look and him making the all um, prospect uh, all star team. His first season as a in in the minors is a a pretty big deal. Um, so I think that they, if, if they wanted to, they could definitely get something out of him. He would be a major piece in a big trade. Uh, but it has to be a big trade. If it's not, then it's just a waste. Absolutely. And that kind of goes into the next question. Uh, last question, by the way, Mr. Eric Taylor, welcome back from NorCal. Very broad. Do we go all in on a rental player? Is this our year to go for it? Is it lingering sour? from past rental failures gone? Um, It depends on who the rental player is, Julio. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it's Charlie Blackman, like, I'm cool with, with semi going in, but not fully going in. If it's, like, if it's Max Scherzer, let's do it. But also, we don't really need rotation help right now. We could use a closer, though. Not a closer. So, I... Bullpen help. I'm not really concerned... Like, I would love another... If we can get, like, a cheap bullpen arm, I think that's probably the best-case scenario because when we by the time we get to yeah. August, 
Um, hopefully, Rosenthal will be back by then. He'll be ready to go. Sorry if you heard a cat fiasco in the background. Um, <laughs> you know, and then hopefully we'll see where AJ Puck's going to be at that point where hopefully we can bring him in. He can be a lefty out of the pen or Lazardo kind of yeah. cleans up his act and, and AAA and can come back up. Um, so bullpen wise, I'm not really worried. Outfielder wise. The thing is, Julio, the thing is, look, can I just touch on yeah, that real yeah, quick? Yeah. The thing is that the, the back end of our bullpen is not really the big issue because sweet Lou has been, I mean, Diekman's been, all he's been place, inconsistent. But, uh, nah, he's been, he's been better, but sweet Lou has been really good lately. And I actually really trust him at the end of games. It's the middle of the bullpen that worries me the most. Like when we give up leads in the sixth inning, I got it. Okay. I got a good one for you. Would you give up Tyler Soderstrom and I'll say Grant Holmes for Joey Gallo and Ian Kennedy? Yes. Okay. Because Joey Gallo, I mean, that's a longer term contract. Well, that's not a rental. I don't think he is and after seeing this series that he put up and just he's been kind of like a a a trade name that's been around he would be like look we know what he's gonna do this bad he's gonna hit bombs he's not gonna hit for average um his walk rate is back up or is up but like him in a defensive outfield with canna loriano like dude you can't run you can't run on. He's a gunslinger. Yeah, man. You can't like run on, on the top outfield. of the arms we already have. Yeah, you. Yeah, we already have the reputation you know that you don't run on us. You better not run on us after you get him. You know what, Chris? I'm going. And he's a free agent 2023, so we have two more seasons with him after this season. And it would cost you Soderstrom. If we're going all in this season, yeah. You know what? I wish I had a conductor hat because, like, I'm okay with wearing a conductor hat and being all aboard the Joey Gallo to Oakland train. I don't think it's going to happen because yeah. I don't see them. I don't see Texas triple dipping into trading and division. Like that would be the third yeah. trade of the A's in this last year. I but think, also I don't see them trading their, the face of their team either, especially when, you know, he's, he's been, they've been talks of him. Like I know the Padres were linked to him. Um, honestly, dude, I think he would rule in the, with the giants. I think that'd be, Badass if he went to the Giants out there. They've need they've needed outfield depth for some time. I know Yaz isn't right, but like I think he's good enough where you can kind of play him in left or other places. And just imagine mm-hmm. Gallo just I think he would hit bombs to Oakland and like just completely pass McCovey Cove and just shoot hit home runs all the way to Oakland if he was there. Um Yeah, but, I mean, that'd be cool. But and but and, and realistically, I don't see any rental guys that would be at the because I know this is what he was thinking of the Lester Cespedes trade. I don't see anybody mm-hmm. at that level who will be available at that time because realistically, yeah, I don't I think Scherzer's already came out and said he's not going anywhere unless he gets an extension. The Nats have been playing better, um, but if like Joey Gal is on the table and we can make that happen, I'm not opposed to it. All right, well, everybody. Thank you for submitting your questions. We really appreciate it. That was, that was fun. fun. Yeah. Maybe we can uh, get to a point where we can do one a year. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, Julio. Let's preview the upcoming schedule. Boston in Boston. Oakland. Fenway. 
I don't know why. I don't know why Oakland. Like oh, wait. Full Whoops. capacity. Way, yeah, we, we went to Boston already. Dude. Yeah. We went to Boston already. Yeah. Duh. That was when Cap had his debut. Boston coming here. Uh, Montaz Irvin and James Caprillion getting his second round against the, against the, against the Red Sox. Red Sox are, uh, I believe, now in first place. I think they have two games up on the Rays in, in the East. Indeed, um, they are. They have so the best be team in the American a, League right now. They will be a tenth series, and then right after that, we head to Houston for uh, for uh, a three game series. Chris Bassett, Shamanaya, Frankie Montas. Hopefully, Frankie can get his shit together because that's a big series where we could use Ace Frankie. Tent of uh, tent of starters. They haven't been announced yet, but by process yeah. elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's it. Julio, who's your player of the week? You know what? I'm gonna go with. I think the man who, at this point, should be starting the All Star game, Chris Bassett. Uh, Damn it! Sorry, dude. Uh, Chris Bassett in his he put two consecutive starts in a row against the Rangers. Um, first time in Texas, second time tonight in Oakland, and he's give up a combined one run. During those two starts, the dude just is a strikeout machine, yeah. and I love that because the Oakland is not a historical strikeout like pitcher. Like they don't historically get strikeout no. pitchers, and I love seeing. Um, I, I was also. I just want to say this right now too. A's radio broadcasts are so much more in depth with just giving you knowledge and just stats and stuff that I noticed by TV, which nothing like TV is awesome. I I like the conversations and stuff that happen there. Nothing can reach that. But in terms of some of the knowledge that radio will drop, it's excellent. And the big thing was, like, they talked about Bassett. He's on pace for over 200 strikeouts. The last A's player to go over 200 strikeouts was Zito. So, what, 18 years. 18, 19 years since the last time that happened. Anyways. Was it Zito 2000, 2002 season? That's my my assumption. Is that. Season? I, I'd have or it in front it of me. was it 2006? Okay. I don't think sixteen. His 2006 season was really was really good as well. Yeah, he was an all star. He got three guys contract game one deal. That was awesome. Anyways, yeah, yeah he's given up one run throughout the time. He's only given up eight. He gave up eight hits between two starts. Um, he, he struck out eleven. He has been. I retweeted it tonight. He's been absolutely dominant. The guy has looked like the absolute ace of this rotation. Um, and I think we're at this point now with Glass now getting hurt, unfortunately. Um, Garrett Cole kind of hitting a couple bumps in the road because he can't use the sticky stuff anymore. Uh, I think he's making a really good argument for being the starting pitcher for the All-Star game. That being said, uh, the way that the rotation's playing out, if things were to stay this, stay the way they are, he will be starting the Sunday before the All-Star game. And he's the kind of guy where he's just like, look, I don't like the accolades are great. That's cool. But I just want to win a World Series. Like, I want to do that kind of yeah. thing. So here's yeah, the- I could see him not putting that aside for that. Here, here Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop some knowledge on you real quick. Here's your top five guys in ERA right now in the American League. Number one, Kyle Gibson. For the Texas Rangers, two ERA. Okay. Number two, Garrett Cole, two point six six. Number three, Tyler Glasnow, also, but you know, IL, we're not going to see him for some time. Two point six six. Yeah. Yeah. Number four, Sean Manaya, two point nine one. Number five, nice. Chris Bassett, three point oh four. 
it, process of elimination, there's a chance that some, there's a solid chance somebody from Oakland might be starting that All-Star game. So, fingers crossed, man. Anyways, Chris Bassett, I I hope the stars align and that's that's his sunshine. That's his spotlight. That guy deserves it more than anybody. Um, you took mine, so I'm going to go with a wild card here. Frank Schwindel, baby. He, he, Let's get you know why he gets my player of the week. You know why he gets my player of the week, Julio? Because with his first appearance as an oh, Oakland A yeah. and his first at bat, he hits a two-run home run. So when you do that, you get all the accolades from me. Well, well played, Frank. Um, yeah. uh, swing. I did a swing gif um, on Twitter in response to I forgot which writer that posted it, but um, I commented oh, on yeah. it. Everybody swing. get swindy. Um, Do you watch Rick and Morty? So that is yeah. He had two at bats and he had one home run. That's great. So good job, buddy. Do you watch Rick and Morty? <clears throat> I we are, we texted about this joke. Remember my response was yeah yeah like maybe the dream like coached him up on a swing because remember they were talking remember in that episode he's talking about he's talking about uh, the general is like here's what we'll do this was before Rick and Morty came in so like, here's what we'll do we'll hire the dream he's, oh, he's oh, a multi, oh shit, he's a multi right. Grammy winning artist he'll write a award winning song for us blah, blah blah dude I was so spaced out that's why when you said the dream I'm like like Hakeem like Hakeem Elijah no. no. You know what? Dude, I just gotta say. In here. Hey, shit on the floor. 50. Yeah. You know what? I just gotta say, Frank Schwindel, I like what you got. All right. There you go. Chris, who is. So, um, it, it's been a couple weeks. We're not really gonna dive into the our essential tools, but I will say, Matt Olson did go off against the Yankees. He hit 428, he had two runs, four RBI, six hits. And um, I think he put himself in that echelon that we need to be. We're not going to talk about what he's done since then. Um, but he did his job. Chris, who is your essential tool of the week? My essential tool of the week is going to be what I thought was my last essential tool of the week, but I'm not sure. Frankie Montas, because he has two big fucking starts in these upcoming series. And I want I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of him doing two great starts and doing two and doing a shit start. You got to put a couple together you know like i'm i like the rest of the rotation is doing phenomenally well phenomenally well and you got to pick up your slack homeboy i'm i ain't i ain't i ain't gonna do this shit no more that's the way i feel about it james caprillion might be like might be like the second best starter in our rotation in like a year or two like he is so fucking good like, way to go. I can't believe, like, he really came a long way in his rehab. I'm just really happy about him. Um, I'm happy that we got something out of the Sunday Gray trade. I think he's he's pitched so well since he's been brought up. I think he's definitely putting himself in conversation of rookie year. I think it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to pull. He'll get votes. He'll get votes, at least. I'm trying to pull up a list right now of. Potential yeah. guys, but I think it's it's probably I wouldn't be shocked if like he's gonna be top three. It'll be like Kim and Lodi's Garcia. Yeah. Um anyways, my guy, he broke a dry spell tonight, and I hope this is just him carrying that momentum for this next week. I'm going with Sean Murphy. Uh he 
he it's weird something with him and matt chapman i don't know what they do like together but they just love to be streaky hitters yeah where you know obviously baseball everybody's streaky everybody goes through dry spells but for some reason them two will go back and forth where like mm. one person will be on the other will be off one person will be on the other will be off kind of thing and i hope is over the next week Sean really steps at a big time. He's been kind of getting dropped in the lineup a little bit more lately. And um, I'm hope like that might be the confidence booster. And the thing with Bomel is like, he's not afraid to give you, if you're hitting well, he's not afraid to reward you. He's put Sean Murphy in the four hole multiple times this season. Um, tonight, yeah. I think, I think it was tonight. Elvis was hitting in the two hole. And frankly, um, without Canna, we need, to get some production going from other places besides Ramon, Ollie, and Chappie. And he seems like the kind of guy that, like, with his power and with tonight, he, tonight he did well. He did the small ball things. You know, he got a sack fly to bring in a run the first inning. Um, he had a single at the middle to just kind of keep the inning going. And that's all he needs to do. I'm hoping that things kind of slow down for him. But big series, two huge series over these next couple weeks. Sean Murphy, yeah. you're my guy. Let's get it going. Especially in terms of creating some distance or getting back to getting, you know, up, going back to first place. Um, yeah. We need some offensive help. All right, Julio. Good pod. Good mailbag. Good life. Life is good, man. You know, life is good. <laughs> Uh, this double, this double, uh, or this weird Zoom situation we we figured out worked out a little bit. Hopefully, you get a computer that works next week. Well, I don't know why I looked like the guy from uh, Ninety Day Fiance right now when I just like, you know, what I'm talking about. There's like a bunch of guys from Ninety Day. You know Fiance. the guy that that dude that's like. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. I have no idea Anyways, what you're talking cool. about. Oh, before we go. All right. I got to get off the Zoom because I have to watch The Bachelor. I haven't watched this. Oh, I was about to ask you that next question. Club Katie, let's go. Really good episode. Um, I like her, but dude, uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that last episode, not this week's episode, the episode before that, it got too dark and like, it was like really weird. I didn't like that. And like, out of, out of all the people, I don't need Nick Vial to be like, so how'd you feel? I'm like, no, dude, fuck out. There was literally no reason why he was there. He was just there because he's Nick Vile. It's just funny that like um, the guys on this episode or this season are like unionizing. It's <laughs> a great comparison. They 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 are unionizing. That's a great comparison. Oh man, but they're not okay. Well, actually not because they're not unionizing against management. They're like, "Fuck you, Katie." They're like, "Fuck you, weird guys who start bullshit." Yeah, you know what I mean. They are. I guess they're. I guess they're unionizing against like the theme of the show, which is like we got to bring a theme. But they're they're unionizing against casting because casting always brings in a couple like fucking crazies to stir up the trouble. Anyway, yeah, it continues. Talk. It continues. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all things. Um, social media, which is just Twitter. Now that I think about it, um, and check out the Around the Diamond uh, podcast network. They got podcasts for a bunch of uh, teams. Um, they're expanding. Hopefully, they'll at one point will cover all the teams. But right now, this is what they got. Um, we'll be back next week. Last but not least, Leo. 
Let's go, Oakland. If you would have forgot, I would have just, I would have murdered it you. Was, it was dramatic effect. You know what? Happy 4th dramatic of July, effect. everybody. Stay Happy safe. Happy 4th, people. Stay safe. Have a nice drink. Live, laugh, love. Oh, God. Xavier's going to be mad that I took his catchphrase. But his his mailbag was terrible, so fuck him. We can end the pod now. Sorry. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.